We're in the last week of our uh, Passions of Grace series, and so if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know we've been, uh, we've been approaching the topics uh, in a sort of a unique way, at least unique for us. So uh, today is going to be similar to those last couple of weeks. So today is, uh, we're going to be covering the value of, of how we value children and youth in everything that we do. So we're going to be able to talk with some of our pastors and leaders and have some discussions with them, see how that value works all through, uh, all through Grace Church. In, in all of our philosophies and our mission. Also, we get to hear um, from the scriptures, from Jesus, and how, um, how that value comes straight from God himself. And uh, we'll be able to also hear some stories about the way that um, God has used really, uh, well, Grace Church and just our, some of the programs to change people's lives. But we see that it's the God that changes lives. And we want to um, trust him in everything. So, but it's always great to hear stories. Um, we have uh, uh, Pastor Jeff via video. He's going to kick us off, kind of introduce us to the topic. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Grace this weekend. Thanks for being here. I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that uh, the summer, I know it's kind of wound down here and everybody's getting back into the groove of school. So I, uh, I hope that's doing well. I'm so glad that you're able to be here this weekend and uh, take some time out to do that. We're in the middle of a series right now. We're actually going to end it today called The Passions of Grace. And uh, throughout the series, we've been looking at some of the different areas that we as a church just value so highly and pour ourselves into. So we've looked at things like connecting with the spiritual seeking. Now, we said that the church is not for the church alone, but it's for the world. Uh, we looked at pursuing ministry in hard places, that we on purpose go to difficult places because we're people of faith and we believe that God still can work in those, those places. Facilitating biblical community. Uh, we said that you really won't understand Grace Church until you're a part of biblical community. And then last weekend, we talked about the idea of equipping and releasing the body of Christ, that we together do the work of the ministry, not just me or the staff, but we pursue the things that God has called us to pursue. So if you haven't caught those uh, conversations, I encourage you to go out online, go to our website, graceohio.org, and you can watch them or listen to them there. You can get a podcast for free if you want and uh, grab those things and be a part of it. This weekend, as, uh, as we finish up the, uh, the series, I want to focus in on uh, the, the next passion, one of our greatest ones, and that's the idea of reaching children and youth. We want to be a catalyst for children and youth. When we talk about youth, we're talking about uh, senior high, junior high and senior high, high school students, and then children, fifth grade down into the nursery, and their parents. How do we help to disciple these kids? And then how do we help equip parents to be a part of it? Now, there's a few reasons why that's such a big passion for us. One is uh, this stat, that the estimates are that between 80 and 85% of people who come to know Christ as their Savior do so before they turn 13. So when you think about evangelism or reaching the spiritual seeker, Children and youth is the most fertile place to do that. And so we want to be sure that the person and the truth of Jesus and his love are very, very clear uh, to children. So we reach out to them to help them do that. Another reason that we do that is, is because the scientists say that uh, the general view of a child's moral development is, is put into place by about age nine. So it's the broad views, things like, can I trust adults or not trust adults? Is the world a good place or a bad place? Uh, will my parents be there for me or not be there for me? 
And then add to that, does God love me or does God even care about me? So we want to be a part of that moral fabric. We want to bring the truth of Christ into that and uh, to express love to, uh, to the kids in that way. And that's part of why that's such a passion for us. We also know that we live in a generation, those of us who are parenting, I still have young kids too. So those of us who are parenting, many of us were raised in homes where we, were, we weren't taught the Bible and we weren't taught moral values. We're not sure what to do. So as a part of reaching the children and youth, one of our great passions here is to come alongside parents. We wanna be teammates. We, the church, is not responsible for discipling your children. You're responsible for that. But we can help. We can help equip and we can help affirm. And so whether it's the youth ministry with Pastor Brad and Pastor Todd or the children's ministry with Christy and her team, we want to be allies and resources to help you as you fulfill the call that's on your life to raise your kids to know and to love Jesus. So we want to love the kids and we want them to know that there's a loving God. We want them to know that there's other adults that they can trust that love them. And we want them to know that they can love that God, that God is personal and accessible and someone that they can have a relationship with. And that's a big part of what drives this passion for us to help reach out, connect kids to Jesus. Love that. Love that passion and value. What we, who we have with us today are really the pastors and directors that oversee our children and youth department. So I'll start at the end here with Pastor Brad. Brad Deeds Creek and Todd Shoemaker are the pastors of student ministries. Let's say hi to them. Here we go. Love it. Then we have the famous Miss Christie, our director of children's ministry. Big hand here. Thank you. I love it. So as we start to look into this passion a little bit, there are all kinds of opinions and thoughts today about children and youth. Can you guys tell us a little bit about why we as a church would value children and youth so highly? Why, why we put such a big value on them? Yeah, I'm um, working with um, teenagers all the time, like I get the privilege of doing. You're um, doing a lot of research and studying about them and those things. You find out that um, the one question that all um, people have to have answered before they really become an adult is um, the question about their identity. Who am I? Um, and we talk about that all the time. It's things that we really want to land on. But if you look at a teenager, that before they make that next step of maturity to adulthood, they need to find out really who they are, who God created them to be and who their purpose is. And so we believe that they really can't find that outside of Jesus. They might find some things that will keep them busy or um, as they grow older, but eventually there's going to come a time where that's all, all that stuff's going to run out and they're going to keep running into um, roadblocks there. But when they find their identity in Jesus, they really can find out what they're all about. And when the person understands who they are, it just helps them as they continue to pursue God as an adult. So we really want to make sure that we're doing what we can um, to hit them at the most fertile time as children and as youth and in helping them with that hard question so that whenever they become, um, you know, become adults, they're, they're ready to go. So we really want to shape, help them to shape their identity, but they understand that it can only come through Jesus. And so as we as come along with parents and, and with, with the parents saying, hey, you know, it's more important about who you're figuring out who your child is than sometimes about all this other stuff instead of who maybe we want them to be sure. or to find out who they are. And so we try to help with that. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. So as we look at kind of our children, um, both parents and the church are looking to help them in different ways, I think. So how do, how do we work together with parents? How do you guys see those relationships playing out? 
Yeah, I, I love this question, and, and Pastor Jeff even touched on it. Um, when I think of, of the relationship between parents and, and ourselves as, as youth workers and, and children workers, um, the word partnership comes to mind. Um, there, there, there has to be a partnership between parents and us. We want to help equip parents uh, to take the conversations that we have here on the weekend or, or on a Wednesday night home so the conversation can continue. Um, we, we heard the stat once that 40 hours a year is what we have as youth workers and volunteers to pour into a, a life of a teenager or a child. And, and pouring in meaning discipling them, sharing the love of Jesus to them. We get 40 hours a year. Uh, parents get 3,000 hours a year. Now, that takes into play school, extracurricular activities, but to continue that conversation of discipling and sharing the love of Jesus, uh, you see there's a, you have a lot more time. And, and so we want to partner with you. Uh, and one way that we're looking to do that here in a couple weeks, we have student life groups kicking in. Um, if you're involved with a real life group, uh, it's uh, same thing for teenagers, but they meet on a smaller level, small group, uh, middle school and high school students. We put them into a small group with their peers, and they're led by fantastic adults. And what we're challenging our leaders to do is, is to bridge the gap from their group there on, or on Sunday nights from 5.30 to 7, to, to bridge that to home. Uh, so maybe that's sending material home with the student. Maybe that's an email home to the parents. Maybe that's a phone call. But we don't want the conversation to stop on a Sunday night. We want it to continue at home because we know you have a lot more hours with your child to disciple and share the love of Jesus with them at home than we do. Yeah, I would say that the children's ministry is very similar to that where you know we are very passionate about reaching our community and um, having kids come to Grace and hear about Jesus. But we realize that as creative and as passionate as we can be, we do. We have this limited amount of time with them, you know, on average 40 hours a year. And so we started to look and say, how can we partner with parents and how can we resource you as the, the spiritual leader of your home to carry that conversation home? So that's why every week in Power Kids, those kids go home with God Time cards. And on those God Time cards are questions you can ask at home and ways that you can carry the discussion from what they're talking about at church. So last month we talked about obedience we're setting you up, right? You talked about obedience at church. Let's talk about this more here at home, right? So we want you to carry that conversation on, and, and we want to see your kids change and look different. In the preschool area, same thing. Every week in the bags, the small talk goes home. It's ideas of things that you guys can do at home together, even with your younger ones, and just great resources. We also have a great app called the Parent Queue that you can download on your phone, and it will remind you even, you know, in the middle of the day, hey, here's a great conversation to um, kick off tonight, or you can watch this video here before bed, and just kind of reminds you to do that. We know, we know life is busy, and so we totally understand that you get out of the routine and out of the habit of those things, but that's why we want to be here today to remind you, and that's why we do things like Voltage and other family events, just to kind of remind you, hey, it's time to get get back in those routines and habits as parents. So, Yeah, and so we're always looking for ways in which we can partner with have, and our strategy is to work together with parents, but now it's trying to always looking for ways in which we can actually make that strategy a reality. And I think what Christy does a great job with that is getting those tools out. You know, as my kids come home from church, you know, my wife and I can, it's up to us, though, if we want to want to use them, right? And, 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 as we par- and as we parent with them and partner um, partner with the church. And like for um, one thing, when we, we're looking at our, world, at our world and saying the life of a teenager is very busy. The life of a high schooler 
is really busy. You know, a lot of our kids are taking college courses in high school. They're doing all kinds of things. And they're involved in sports, extracurricular activities. And those are all places we want them to be. We don't want kids to be in the church all the time because then who's going to reach the world? Um, we want them to be out there. We want them to be, you know, pursuing those things and, and going ac- after that. And so we look at our ministry and we're like, well, we have a Wednesday night program for our high school kids. Because high school kids, I think, also need a place where they can connect and have community with each other. Because, and it's a, it's a great place for that. But the problem is a lot of people are too busy to, to use it. And so we, I mean, we have a lot of kids that come to that, but we're always, always looking for ways which we can partner, um, partner better. And so that's one, one, on September 22nd, we're going to start something um, right after this service um, it'll, it'll be for high school kids. It's just going to be a connecting point a short window of time while the, while the family's out maybe getting coffee where we can connect with them, have free food for them because you have to have food when it comes to teenagers. Um, that's a, I think that's one of their love languages. Um, but um, we want to have that for them in a way that they can connect. So imagine your high schooler, or if you are a high schooler, imagine you come in here and you sit and you hear a great challenge from Pastor Jeff. You get, you know, interacting with the music and you're thinking, now, what, does this wor- um, what does this look like in my real life? And then you walk out of here and you connect with other high school kids that you didn't even know were part of your church and just say, you know, just talk about a couple takeaways you have from Pastor Jeff's message, reinforcing the church's message, what they're hearing that you as parents are hearing. Um, and so then it's like, and then, and then send them on their way and just hopefully God can use them because we really believe that high schoolers and young people all together, children up through can change the world. And that's why we want to, you know, give our lives to that. So, wow, that sounds kind of hard as a parent. I was just hoping we could clone you, Miss Christie. Everybody that comes just gets a Miss Christie as they leave the, I like it. right. You can just, I'll, I'll just go home with everyone. That's right. I love it. <laughs> so I know some areas of the church are more vulnerable kind of to getting isolated Right? As we look at the whole of the church, how do you guys see this plan? I think, Pastor Brad, you started to allude to it. Break it down a little more for us. Kind of what's your vision of how you work with the whole of grace? Well, um, you know, a lot of times in youth ministry and in the world that I, in the circles that we run in a lot, um, it's an area in life where you get really segmented. You kind of get your own little program. And a lot of places it's kind of like, well, we'll put our kids down there, we'll put our youth over there, and then we'll just, we'll, we'll do real church in here. Um, but we, um, we, you know, church, our philosophy, in which you, Pastor Ryan alluded to about our classes that come up, the Know It, Live It, Give It Away classes that all of us, um, hopefully adults, are being taken a part of and all that stuff. That's our discipleship process here at the church. We want our people to know the gospel. We want them to live it out with each other, and we want them to give it away. Well, that's the same vision and philosophy we use in youth ministry. That's the same vision we use in children's ministry. So to help us tie together, it's the one common thread where we look at our program and say, is this a know it? Is this a live it? Is this a give it away? Because we want them to be in step with you. That's the reason why we talk about our high school kids joining us and pushing them to be in service so they can start understanding what it looks like to worship with adults. You know, a lot of times kids fall away from church when they go off to college. A lot of them drift away. They say, um, what the kids who stick with it, a lot of times, the most common thing that they saw in all of it is that it's intergenerational worship, getting used to being with other people. So when they go off to college, church is a fabric in their life. And we know it's about Jesus really being the driver of that, and we want to help them to understand how to pursue it. So we do want to do what the church is doing. We're, we are the church. It's just we happen to um, work with um, the teenagers and the children. Yeah, and then as he talked about how they work hard to get the high schoolers, you know, integrated into services and and the adult world, we work really hard together too, the children's ministry and the student ministry, so that our kids make a smooth transition into student ministries as well. That's why Bible camp, that's why we do things kind of strategically in those ways. Totally makes sense. So a lot of this has been how you guys see kind of the ministry playing out, right? It's the philosophy of how we do children and youth ministry here at Grace. 
Talk about what drives that for you personally, right? I get to see you guys and see your passions. Not everybody else does. Tell us a little bit, why are you personally motivated to give your lives, literally, to children and youth? I know what, what has motivated me actually ties back into my story. Um, when I was a sixth grader, so starting the middle school world, the time where I'm starting to get involved with, with the youth group, the church that I grew up in. I grew up in the church, uh, had a godly mom who, who valued the time of going to church every week and, and pouring into me that way. Um, so starting youth group and being a sixth grader, my parents were actually uh, going through a divorce. And as a, as a middle schooler, I'm trying to answer the question, who am I? Trying to figure out myself. And at the same time, trying to a- answer this question, why is this happening at home? Why are my parents going through this? Is it my fault? You know, asking these questions, wrestling with this. And uh, so um, I, I remember it clearly, getting off the school bus the one day, coming home, and there's a for sale sign in my front yard. I thought the neighbor was playing a joke on us or something, you know. Walk inside, my bags are packed. And uh, I remember my mom and I left that day, and I had no idea that that was going to be the last time I'd see my dad for 15 years. And uh, so a middle schooler, sixth grader. Well, at this time, getting involved with, uh, with the youth group, I had a youth pastor pour into my life. Uh, he, would, he would continue to teach me truth about who Jesus was and the love that you know, God has for us. And, uh, and, and he explained to me that the love that God does have for us is, is more than enough. It's sufficient. And, and the love of our, our Heavenly Father can take the place of any earthly father. And so that changed my life. It helped me uh, come to peace with what was happening, knowing that it wasn't my fault. Um, and, and then I remember seventh grade, uh, this youth pastor, his name was Matt, uh, he looked at me, he said, Todd, there, there's something different about you. Uh, there's something about you that, that, that stands out. And he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up in ministry someday. And right there, I remember thinking to myself, man, I want to be a youth pastor, seventh grader, saying, man, I want to invest into the lives of teenagers because God has blessed me with a story. Uh, he's blessed me with this testimony to be able to give back and, and, and walk alongside of, of middle school and high school students to allow them to see that they have a God who loves them and, and that his love is enough for, for anything. It's actually all we need. And uh, to be able to give that back, that's what motivates me. That's why I'm here today. That's powerful. Yeah, I mean, for me, it is it's that story, you know, it's that story of the kid that's life gets changed. And it's amazing to me that even as young kids, you know, they can really get a hold of Jesus and they can know it and they live it and they really do start giving it away with their lives. And so for me, I'm passionate about kids. If you met me at least once, you know that I pretty much bleed children's ministry. It's, it's true. So, if you cut her. Our kids green comes out. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> That's why everything's lime around here. No, it, it's true. I just, I love kids and it's because I love talking to parents and hearing the story of you getting to sit down and pray with them for them to ask Jesus in their heart. Or I love watching volunteers sit and talk with kids and them get it because even at a young age, they really can. And for them to get a hold of that truth at a young age before they even face middle school and high school and adulthood. Um, is a powerful thing. And so for me, it's all about life transformation. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, a hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter is your relationship with Jesus. And for your kids, in a hundred years, it will not matter how 
crazy it was to get to church today or how crazy it was to start school or to get through this football season or whatever, you know, a hundred years from now, the only thing that matters is your child's relationship with Jesus. And so that's, that's what makes me passionate about it. I just don't know what else I would do. I mean, I'm really not too good at too many things, so I think that's kind of where they stick me. So, I mean, I'm good at hanging out, maybe. I don't know. Um, no, in all seriousness, I, I love teenagers. I love that age of their life. Um, and if you ever get to spend any time with teenagers, you can see the capacity that God has given them and the potential that he's put in their life to, to really do great things. I really honestly believe that God can use this generation that's coming up to change the world. I don't just say that. I really believe that in society, a lot of times we have too low of expectations for teenagers. Look at them as just kids. Whenever I think God, can, well, God wants to use them today to impact their schools, to impact their community, to impact the world. I've been with them in other countries and seen how God can use them to change people's lives. Why, um, why else would I want to go anywhere else? Adults have too much drama. Oh, you guys, <laughs> don't worry about all that bills and all that stuff. I like these guys when, you know, no, in all seriousness, about I just love the joy of being with them. And you know, if, if you think about the things you're passionate about, well, what is it that wakes you up at night and causes you to think about your job and about your future? What is your passion? That's for me. It's teenagers. Three o'clock in the morning, and waking up thinking, you know, I haven't seen that kid for a while. I wonder where they are. Are they okay? And trying to pray for them. And you know, um, just thinking those are the kind of things. Or what can we do differently here? What can we do? Always trying to evaluate what we do. So that's. I mean, I'm 40 years old. You know wow. what I mean? So I've been around for a long, long wow, time. Brad. I've been doing church ministry for, um, you know, full time for 17 years. So, I mean, I'm like, that's older than most of our teenagers. Really old. So yeah. they, don't, they don't look at me like, I want to be like that guy. They look at me like, it's like, hey, dad, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the cool guy. I know that. But it's the joy of being able to see what God can do in them. And I've, and I've been in, involved in lots of different types of ministry. But boy, I just love, there's nothing like watching a teenager when that light flicks on. They really will run through a wall. They will do the things that most of us are too afraid to do. Um, don't ever sell them short. And I, I really want to, I really believe in that. And so that's, that's why I do it. And it's, it's just the, the joy of it, the joy of it all. I love it. We are so spoiled. Uh, we are just so thankful to have you guys here at Grace. I'm comfortable having my children in your ministries, knowing that that passion is leaking out all over the place. So I love it. I love hearing your passion for life change. Um, we actually have a story, an example to share with you guys here in a minute. Uh, Lynn and her family have been deeply impacted uh, through the ministries of grace with children and youth. And we're going to hear that story here in a minute. First, though, let's give these guys a big round of applause. Thank them for being out here. My name is Lynn Schaefer. I have been working with kids for about 16 years now. We started working um, with kids, well, I'd like to say it was because um, God told us that we need to go work with kids, but it's not. We started working with kids when I was, uh, when, my, when I dropped my son off for vacation Bible school the very first time, and um, he didn't do well. He didn't want mommy to leave, and so um, I became what I called myself that whole week was an involuntary volunteer. On Monday when I dropped him off and I had to stay, I found myself being very very upset because I was really looking forward to the time away from the kids. And by Friday, um, I had enjoyed it so much and I had learned so much. And it was such a great opportunity to spend with my son that I was so glad that I did it. We then 
went into and dropped our daughter off for church um, into the three-year-old department and she didn't do well in the three-year-old department so my husband and I decided to become teachers and uh, we stayed with her that year and taught and um, it, it was a really good experience for both of us it gave us a common ground centered on eternal purposes and um, that really helped us grow as a couple um, when she moved out to the four-year-old department she didn't do well so we had a 90-year-old teacher and she just said bring her on down and so she became a leader in the three-year-old department and so then when she's to move up into the five-year-old department we made a big deal about it and you're gonna move up and this is so exciting and the very first time we dropped her off she did okay dropping off but um, we, we went and taught and then we we walked down to a hallway to a very frantic volunteer with a hyperventilating five-year-old behind him frantically looking for her parents which happened to be us and uh, so we didn't know what to do from that point on and so we kind of just talked about it and we decided that we were going to at five in our family you could become mom and dad's helpers so that actually became a big goal of the kids was to get to five so that you can come and teach with mommy and daddy in my walk with God has been that in teaching kids you you stay to the basics because you teach them the basics um, you teach them that Jesus loves them and that Jesus died for them and that Jesus has a purpose for their life. And throughout my life, that's been a sense that I've always had to go back to in teaching, so I've always been reminded of that. Um, life is hard. Life is not easy, and we've definitely had our share of hard times. And being able to walk in for a Saturday night and teach that basic reminds me over and over again that Jesus does love me and that he did die for me and that there is a sense of purpose for me. Just a couple weeks ago we did Bible camp and I get the privilege of being the storyteller during Bible camp and this this Bible camp was about the life of Paul and in, in, in reviewing and studying the life of Paul I am reminded of how Paul is very similar to parenting. He loved his people so much that he sacrificed everything for his spiritual children and um, that included us actually but his spiritual children and we're required as parents to sacrifice um, to sacrifice a lot for our children Paul's goal was to raise godly people who shared about Jesus our goal as parents is to raise res um, godly responsible adults who, who have a sense of purpose outside of themselves. All along the way of working with, um, watching my kids grow, um, they've all had their own individual paths and each one has been different and there have been many times that I've had to, in prayer, just really remind myself over and over again that God's ways are higher than mine and His thoughts are higher than mine and I have no idea what He's doing, but He's doing something in serving together as a family, it brought all those paths back together um, for one sense of purpose. Um, each one of my kids, like I said, have had a different path, um, but they've all kind of come back to giving it away, um, serving other people. And that was kind of highlighted this summer for me when my three oldest children all decided to hit the mission field um, in various different countries. And two went to Haiti and one went to the Dominican Republic. And watching them give it away, watching them come back totally excited about a purpose outside of themselves, about um, giving to um, people who didn't have what they had, the joy on their face coming home and telling the stories. Um, when you're in the will of the Lord, there is no greater sense of peace 
and no greater sense of purpose. Um, and they all were able to experience that this summer that I hope that they can take into adulthood. But it all started with a five-year-old who hyperventilated um, and another five-year-old who didn't want to be left in vacation Bible school. Um, it all started with that and us through the last 14 years serving as a family. We love to hear stories and we love to hear your stories and anywhere you can share them with us. It's great because we, we learn a lot from um, stories of people. But the great thing though is we can celebrate is that God changes lives. You know, it's not our programming um, or our slick designs or anything that changes lives. Um, we can get people in the door maybe, but it's only Jesus that changes hearts. And so we really want to just kind of wrap up this whole series about the passions of grace and talk about, you know, really what it looks like um, when we're reaching out to children and youth and why you should care about it. Why it is a passion, but why it should be something we all care about. We're all in different stages of life, right? Some of you are like, well, I'm not a parent, and I'm hearing a lot of stuff about parenting children and youth. Well, someday you may be. Or there's a lot, maybe there's a think about the children you interact with every day, whether it be family members or the people you see in the grocery store. Someone's got to reach them. Maybe you're a coach, maybe you're things like that. Who's reaching out to those children? Maybe you're thinking, I'm a young person myself. I'm a child, I'm a youth. Well, then you are at the prime time to reach your peers. And don't wait until you say, well, when I become an adult, I want to make an impact in kids' lives. You can do it today. High school kid, you know, middle schoolers look up to you. They think you're the greatest thing ever. And then it goes down the line. So what, we want to kind of wrap it up today, but we want to make sure that Jesus is, is the one who is the center of all that we do. We want to make sure that we're celebrating the life change that Jesus has for us. So as we talk about, you know, the need to um, reach, the, reach the loss, we talk, uh, as Jeff shared about those things, and we talked about the need to um, connect um, with, with each other so we can get, you know, armed up for what God has for us. We talked about the need then to go to hard places and get involved in ministry. Today, I just wanted to look at what it is when it comes to children and youth and why it is that you should care and why, should, why we're passionate about it here at Grace. We want to value what God values. You know, Jeff shared some great stats. The first one's an amazing one, isn't it? 80 to 85% of people gave their lives to Jesus before the age of 13. That's an amazing thing. And we want to make sure that that soil is fertile. We're investing a lot of our resources. I think children's ministry is huge. What Christy has the opportunity to to lead and with her team and all those things, the the opportunity to reach out to kids in a time where they're the the most eager to hear and really, as we show, as we see in our own lives, a lot of us, that's when we gave our lives to Jesus, to follow him. And as we keep going through, we want to look at how we can help that. So stats are great, but stats aren't all that drive passion, because if it's just statistics that drive passion, then we can go with the wind, right? And we want to find out even deeper things. So if you can look in your Bible, um, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, there's one like this underneath the chair in front of you or somewhere in your aisle. Just reach for it. It's fine. If you don't have a Bible, we value God's word so much that we as a church want you to have one. Um, so if you don't have a Bible of your own, we would encourage you to take that Bible, put your name on the front so we know it's yours now and keep it and take it home and read it. We always have reading plans that we do and, and we have lots of people around that want, if you're looking for where to get invested in God's word, we re- really want you to do that because this is, this is where you find out the life-changing truth of God. This is where you find out about it. But Deuteronomy chapter six is where we're gonna go to. It's page 126 in this Bible, um, but it's, it's the fifth book in the Bible. So if you go way to the beginning and just kind of leaf through, there's a table of contents at the beginning of the Bible. If you're a smartphone user, it's really easy for you. Just go on version and look up Deuteronomy, D-U-T. That's all you need to know, you'll find it. Okay, um, in Deuteronomy chapter six, um, you can search for a live event on version and we're in zip code 44333. We're gonna look at verse four. 
In seminary, we studied a lot of Hebrew. I had to take some different Hebrew classes and all that stuff. And the passage of scripture we're going to talk about today is one of the most influential, most important um, verses um, for a person in the Jewish tradition. And people in Judaism, they would have learned this as a child, probably one of the first things that they would memorize. Some people, some, some, they pray it two times a day through this passage. This is a very important passage to them. It's a very important part of the scriptures. Here we're going to find out some words that are introduced and, so, and, and a command that's introduced to us that later on Jesus would say is the most important thing to know. So I think it's important to do. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. He said, hear, O Israel, God's talking to his people, talking about the promises that are to come for them. And he knows that the times are going to be difficult, so he wants to make sure that they understand what is most important. He says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Verse 7, and this is where we're landing today, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God wants us to see the need to love him. Because he's taking, listen guys, I have this promise for you, he says to his people. Promised land, I have a promise for a long lasting life, he says earlier in 6. He promises us a life of fulfillment. He's talking to his people. And he says, then there's a land flowing with milk and honey, whatever that's good for. Milk and honey doesn't sound all that appetizing to me. Um, but anyway, so he said, we got this great place for you. But the road's going to be difficult. So here's what you need to know. Dial in here. Love me with all of you. We don't want to love God. We, we don't want to say, you know, God's my number one priority. God should be our priority. Give him our lives and then let him show us how to live the rest of it. And we believe that. He says, so this is what's important, loving me. He says, then listen to verse 7. He goes, impress them on your children as you walk along the road, as you ride along in your minivans, as you put them to bed at night, as you tra- take them to one more soccer practice, as you sit down with them and wait for them you know, as, you're, as they're getting ready for their music lesson, as you see them working on their homework, when you, li- when you put them to bed at night, impress upon them the need to love me. God knows that times are dark. God knows that they're, the life that they're, what they're really looking for can only be found in him. We spend so much time in our youth ministry and children talking about identity and helping under, children understand that what's most important is that they find it in Jesus because it's only in him can they really find out who they're, what they're here for. It's, we believe that it's only in Jesus that we find the life that is truly life. So as people, if we say that as an individual, if that's my heartbeat, I want to make sure that that is known. So we want to impress them upon our children. He says, talk about it as you go. One hour a week's not enough, people. That's what he's saying. We got it as we go, as you're walking along. Talk about it. Look for ways in life in which you can see, the ways that you can bring up who Jesus is. Because I really believe that we, um, we hear it all the time, that these are tough days to be a teenager. If you don't know that, I spent a lot of time talking with teenagers who are going through the ups and downs of middle school and high school. Our children, sometimes for them, it's very difficult, whether it be breakdown of family, whether it be situations in school, life can be difficult for them. In fact, some of you, I, I, love, I love talking to people, and some of you, I had some specific conversations about teenagers, and I have some quotes for you about your view of these times. So if it's okay with you, I'll read them. There's not really much you can do, I'm going to read them anyway, but just want to make sure that we're still alive. That's great. Okay. Um, 
Okay, here's what one person said to me. Boy, am I glad I'm not a teenager today. Oh, that sounds like they're, they really enjoyed their teenage years. How about it? How about this one? I'm glad my kids are all grown up and I don't have to raise them in these times, in these dark times. Now remember, these are quotes, specific quotes from parents, and these are all from different people. I can't imagine having the freedom and access these kids do today on their phones. Back in my day, the computer was the size of a room. We might have one computer in our school. These kids have them in their pockets. If you don't realize the power that um, that that phone has in their pockets, I'd encourage you to do some research, what they're capable of doing. You know, a child can pull out their phone, an 11-year-old kid with their iPhone walking around and be all around the world with that thing. Find out anything that they want to know just by simply asking, asking Siri or whatever it is that they do. I can't believe the freedom and access these kids have, people would say. These are tough times and the things that they're exposed to. Um, here's one, one of my favorite ones. This is a fun conversation. He said, I don't remember middle school girls being so mean. Middle school girls are so sweet and loving and kind and just cute little things. You know, they're one to be older, still a little bit lanky and taller than the boys. Sixth grade girls are stronger than the boys. They know boys don't admit that. So we never play tug of war in middle school because the girls will win a lot of times. That's what happens. But, but they can be vicious, downright mean. They, they, they will call you names, and they will get at you. And so some of them, and this was from a mom of a, of a middle school girl. And then the last one was, what happened to Miley Cyrus anyway? You know, it was just a top, topic of something. We talked about that a little bit. So the world that we live in today, it's these teenagers, these children face some difficult times. God, when he spoke to his people, said, love me. They face difficult. God knew that they were going to be in a bumpy road where they were going to have to really, by faith, stand out for him. We as followers of God, we want our children to understand that it's not always going to be easy for them. And there's going to be times where they're going to have to stand alone. The greatest thing my mom ever taught me, other than being loved and all that stuff, she taught me about the importance of being willing to be who it is that God has called you to be, even if no one else will stick with you. The importance of standing alone. Well, that is not easy. That is not easy. And so what do we do? So we want to make sure that we're talking and seeing how can we reach young people and show them what really matters is who Jesus is. All that other stuff will fade away. As a 40-year-old, it's easy for me to look back and say, high school was really such a small blip on the screen. For these guys, it's everything right now. To remember ch- childhood being like, oh, I mean, look back and I say, oh, that was so, so much silliness, a lot of it. But for the ones that are in it right now, they're facing real trials. They're figuring out how to help be in their family. Some of them are looking how they can carry burdens of their family that aren't theirs to carry. How do we reach out to them and want to do it? So we as a church, we want to partner with, together with families. We believe in families. We believe that God wants to have families reach their young people. We believe that you are the ones who disciple your kids. They are yours. And we believe that God has picked you to do it. And because of that, we want to be able to partner with you. So we, so we kind of look at this philosophy that we have and it's kind of what drives us. You know, Christy had an orange shirt on up here today. And, you know, in our children's ministry, you see a lot of it. In our youth ministry, you're going to start seeing more of it. But it's this philosophy of orange. You know, other churches use it. We're not, I mean, it's nothing new to us. Other churches are created by us. Other churches use this all the time. But we love it and we want to grab onto it because we really believe that the message of the gospel is what's most important. We want people to know Jesus. So we as a church, we're pushing the gospel. We want everybody to know Jesus. We want to make sure that he's great. So we kind of look at that as our church being, you know, the light of the world, okay? God calls us as individuals that. So we look at, yeah, kind of think about the color yellow. Think about light. So we as a church, we have the light of the world, right? 
Okay, now think about families. Think about families, the heart they have for their kids. What I know, what I know about Grace Church is specifically here at our bath campus is where I spend my time. What I know about us is you guys love your kids. You do. You're passionate for them. You sacrifice for them. You give to them before you for yourself. You will cut back on something for you in order to put them in the best place to succeed. We know you love your kids, and we know you love your teenagers. So, what, so we're looking at you, and you're saying, well, I want my kids to become who God wants them to be, and I want what's best for my kids. And we're saying, we want your kids to be godly. We want what's best for them. So what we want to do is bring the yellow, the light of the world, together with the red, the heart of the family, and which makes orange, and say, hey, guys, let's work together on it. Let's work together. It's not, just, it's not about programming, but it's about philosophy. How do we could together partner with each other? Because we love young people. God loves young people. Think about throughout, if you read God's word, who did God use to change the world? Young people. Young people. Think about who, who the movers and shakers are a lot of times in society. It's the young. You think about how God wants to use them and how God always uses young people. And he, I really believe he'll do that today. So the question is, what is that, how does that apply to us? A lot of you are like, Brad, listen, I'm not a parent. The thought of being a parent is not anything that I even have considered on the forefront of my radar right now. I'd encourage all of us to think about children and youth. You know, it's just one of our passions. But today as we talk about it, what is God calling you to do to reach out to young people? Of course, there's always the opportunities to volunteer in our ministries, and some of you would be great at it. The rest of you, maybe not so much, but some of you, would, we'd love to have you. But maybe that's what God's calling you to do, is to volunteer in those things. That's great. But that's not, all, that's not what I'm talking about specifically. In our lives, in our everyday pathways that we go through, when children and youth are around, do we have a heartbeat to reach out to them? Some of you are aunts and uncles. And these kids, these little ones, they come up to you every time at the family picnic, and they climb on you, and they pull on your beard and rub your bald head. And they well, maybe not for all of you, um, but they do that. And, it, and it's like, do you think that maybe you're the one that God wants to use to impact them? They think you're a hero. Maybe you're the one. You know, maybe you go to get your coffee from the same person every time, the same teenager, every time at a restaurant or wherever. Do you ever think that maybe God's putting that person in your path so that you could be the one to reach them? Well, Brad, I'm not good with kids. But don't you think there's some way that God wants us to find ways to impact them? You don't have to be professional at it. Listen, none of us really know what we're doing. We're just kind of <laughs> processing it along and finding what God has for us. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you, you coach your kids because you want to be with your kids. Well, think about those other kids that are all around and their families. Who's going to reach out to them? Think about it in your schools. Some of you work in schools and are actively there. Who's reaching out to them? Who's reaching out to the kids? Your neighbors. You know those neighbors, that, that house that's right beside you where you know the family's kind of going through stuff and pretty much they're kind of annoying to you? Who's reaching them? Maybe God wants you just to simply invite them to come with you to church. Get them involved in a program, in a program where they can hear about who Jesus is. If you're a high schooler, think about this. You play a sport, think about how many hours you have beside your teammates every day. Who's reaching them? If you're a middle school student, think about the lunch table. Does God have a passion for young people? You, you betcha. Because God knows what's best for them. Why would we invest our time in all these other things that don't matter when we can zero in on what matters the most? So I would encourage you, you know, as we're going to take some, we're going to close up here in a second, and I would encourage you as we pray and as we sing here in a minute, I would encourage you to process this question. What does God want me to do? about the children and youth that I come in contact with in my life. 
I know he wants them to be reached. Which ones do you think God is calling you out to be the one who reaches them? And ask God to really search your heart. Maybe there's ways in which you can interact with people. I know one thing, God loves willing, willing hearts. And I love God loves kids and he wants to see them reached. So as we, as, we, as we pray here in a minute, as we sing, I just encourage you to process through that time. Maybe it's just praying for kids. Maybe it's helping ministries function. Maybe it's looking at your neighbors. Whatever it is, I would encourage us all, if God speaks to our heart, if God brings a name to our head, if God, that we would take that step and move forward, okay? Because God is passionate about young people. We as church, at our, as Grace Church, are passionate about children and youth. And we believe that God wants us as a church to be the light of the world. And so maybe you're the one who's going to speak light into someone's life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you most importantly, Lord, for your grace, because it is by your grace that we are saved. It's not by anything that we could do. It's not by any programs we could run. It's not by any, you know, nothing to do with what family we were born into, Lord. It is by your grace, your grace alone. So, Lord, I really pray that we as people embrace the gift that you've given us. Lord, for some of us, we're maybe not new to this whole church thing, and today we stepped into a, into a church service for the first time, and we're hearing about children and youth, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would just start thinking in our own lives, what is it, you know, is this about who you are? And really, maybe for some of us, if we don't understand that grace that you offer us. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would help us. We need you. Lord, without you, we really have nothing. And so, Lord, we trust you in all of these things. In your name we pray. Amen.